Good morning. Welcome to Gateway. If you could start getting your seats, please. I have the teacher's voice. Y'all are paying attention. Good job. All right. We're so glad y'all are here this morning. What? Okay. They did that. Did. Everybody sit down. Crisscross applesauce. You did it. Good. All right, it is good to see all of y'all. We're so glad you're here. And as you can see, we have some fun stuff coming up this week. Miss Lydia Cobb spent a long time yesterday decorating this sanctuary. And so we're getting ready for VBS starting tomorrow. So Twist and Turns, it talks about, it's going to be talking to the kids about following God's path and, and that the game will end well with, if you follow Christ. It's going to be a really good, fun time. We're excited about it. All the people who are helping, we have a quick meeting today at 2 o'clock, and then we're going to decorate. So now I'm looking at the gentlemen of this room and going to ask that if around 2.30 you have a brief moment before or after your nap, if you could come by and help us, we need some furniture moved around and that kind of thing. So if anybody's available to come just get some setup going and that kind of thing, we sure would appreciate it. Had a last couple of minute changes too, as always we do. Anybody that would um, still be available to help this week, I am looking suddenly for a person or two to do that. So please let me know if you can. Otherwise be praying. We've got over 80 children that are signed up to be on this campus this week. And a lot of fun time, a lot of volunteers. Pray for our health, pray for our stamina. Pray that these children do hear the name of Jesus Christ spoken to them each and every day and that they feel loved and understand that love. So thank you very much, and I think next we have one more announcement. Thanks, Molly. We are excited about the week and do ask you to be praying. It's going to be a fun week ahead, and we always enjoy Bible school. So thank you, Molly, for all you've done to make it happen. There's one other announcement. We'll let you know we have a number of our men who are missing today because they are away at Carpenters for Christ. This is the first time Gateway has done a trip with this, and Dave First is leading a group. It's a bunch of the guys from Fisher's Farm, Mr. Sonny, who you normally see up here with a saxophone. They're all in Junction, Illinois. And no, I did not know where Junction was either. And it is somewhere west of Louisville in Illinois. It's a town with a population of 56. And they are building a church building there for a church to had some struggles and issues with their campus. And so they're there serving this body of believers in Junction, Illinois. So they're there all week. You'll be praying for them as they're serving together to serve the Lord in Illinois. Just wanted to let you know where those guys were today. Well, can I ask you to stand, please, as we prepare our hearts to sing to the Lord this morning? I'm going to read to us from 1 Peter, yes, we've been in that book, but 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. We're going to begin singing this morning the song, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Then we're going to go straight from that into singing about the living hope we have in Christ. So I just want to remind us of the hope we have in Christ, the way Peter described it in 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And Father, we do thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. We're thankful that we have a living hope because of the resurrection of Christ. And as we sing this morning about that hope that we have in you, as we sing about the reasons that we have to praise you, I pray this morning these would not be just mere words we sing out of habit, but your Holy Spirit be turning our hearts to be in awe and wonder of you and of the grace we've received. 
So would you take this time as your people gather this morning, Lord, to be turning our hearts to you, that we would worship you this morning in spirit and truth, and that you would be glorified and honored in all that happens here on this campus. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing to the Lord. Let's sing this together. Because he lives, I can face
scripture psalm 103 bless the lord O my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the lord O my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquity who heals your diseases who redeems your life from the pit who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy father we are thankful that you have redeemed our souls And Lord, we confess we are so quick to forget you. We're so quick to forget all your benefits. And so our prayer this morning is what we've just sung, what we see here in Psalm 103, that we would bless you, O Lord. We forget not all your benefits, that we would remember your greatness and your sovereignty and your glory and your power and your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Lord, forgive us for being such a short-sighted people who think so little about such deep and great things. And I pray you'd be stirring our hearts to long for more of you, to long to know you better, to know your word more, to pray more, to seek your face more. So would you be stirring our affections for you, Lord? 
Lord, we're so thankful that we get to pause in the middle of the service after singing about your greatness and your glory, singing about the hope we have in you, to pray for others who need hope as well. Lord, we're so thankful that you have put on our heart the nations. And Lord, we do want to pray today, particularly for Cambodia. And Lord, I pray particularly for our friends Ryan and Joy who've been there. Lord, many of us here in this room heard them when they came after having been kicked out of another country and dealing with imprisonment and harassment from the police there. And Lord, we were so excited about their new assignment in a nearby country and to learn just even this week that they're going to have to leave there also because of issues with the government. Lord, our hearts are heavy for Ryan and Joy this morning. And Lord, we pray that you would give them much grace upon grace as they navigate with their kids the uncertainties. Lord, we pray for much wisdom for them, much wisdom for the people with the mission board who are helping them make decisions, Lord, that you would direct their path and their steps. And Lord, this would not be a time of discouragement, but they would lean into you and they would trust your sovereign hand to put them where they are supposed to be. Lord, even as they're leaving the country they've been in, Lord, we do pray for the people of Cambodia, and particularly this morning for the Khmer people in that nation, for the 14 million people, most of whom do not know you, who are lost in their Buddhist beliefs. And Lord, we pray today that the gospel would break through for the Khmer people in Cambodia. That, Lord, for those fledgling churches that are there, that you would strengthen them, strengthen them to have boldness to make Christ known among their people and among the other people groups in Cambodia. And Lord, we do pray that you bring other people into that nation. Lord, to bring the gospel to the people there who so desperately need it. Lord, also so that you receive the worship and the praise for all eternity from some of these Khmer people who will praise you around your throne forever and ever. So we pray for the people of Cambodia this morning. Lord, we thank you for the ministries that happen through Gateway as well, Lord. We pray for the Carpenters for Christ who are up in Junction, Illinois, Lord, for protection on the job site as they're literally building a church building this week. We pray that you would bring unity to the team as they're working with brothers from many other churches across Montgomery. And Lord, I pray that ultimately the gospel will go forth, that if any of the men on this trip do not know you, that their faith would become real on this trip as they see the faith being lived out, these others they're living with for a whole week up there. Lord, we pray for that surrounding community. I know it's a small rural town. As people drive by day for day and see 100 plus men from Alabama building a church building and serving with the joy of the Lord on their face. I pray you use that for many gospel conversations. The gospel would go forth and the lost in Junction, Illinois would come to faith in Christ. Lord, even as we ask that for Junction, Illinois, we pray that for Montgomery as well, and particularly through our Bible school this week. We thank you for Molly and the many volunteers who've already given much time and who give much time this week. We pray for health and for strength for them this week. We pray for health and strength for the kids, but ultimately, Lord, we pray the gospel would go forth this week, that you would be turning the hearts of these boys and girls, Lord, to you, that, Lord, those who have not yet trusted in you this week would hear and be reminded of the cross and be reminded of Christ and their need for forgiveness and what it looks like to live for the glory of God. And, God, we pray your Holy Spirit would be drawing them and turning their hearts to you this week. And, Lord, we pray that you would let this be an exciting week for them, but most of all, Lord, we pray that this would lead to spiritual fruit, that those who know you would be strengthening their faith and those kids who do not know you would come to faith in Christ. Lord, now as we come to the time and the service, as we get to study your word together. Lord, thank you for the blessing of that. Lord, maybe not take for granted that we have the scriptures in our own language, that we have multiple copies of it that we can open and read any time, and that we get to gather freely together to hear the word of God explained. Lord, I just pray for my brother Jeff this morning as he teaches your word to us this morning. Lord, thank you for his friendship. Thank you for his just faithful service on the elder team here at Gateway, shepherding so many people and seeking to your face to have the direction the gateway needs to go. And as he opens up your word to teach us this morning, we pray that you'll just anoint him to do so, that you'll give him the very words to speak to us, to help us understand. We pray your Holy Spirit will be opening our hearts and minds to the truth of your word. 
Lord, as it comes to the topic of worry and anxiety, Lord, there's so many of us in this room who've struggled in different seasons, in different ways, and even struggling today with fears and worry and anxiety. And I pray you would use your word this morning, Lord, to sanctify us and grow us to be the people you want us to be, a people who can trust in you even when life is hard, even when we're walking through the trials. So Lord, we pray you would use your word this morning to strengthen and build up your church. And we ask it all for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, boys and girls, first and fourth grade, we'd like to go to kids' worship. We have Pastor CJ and Miss Nikki this morning. If you want to follow them through those double doors, the first and fourth graders who'd like to head to kids' worship, you're welcome to follow them. And Jeff, we're excited about you teaching the word this morning. Thanks. It's very appropriate uh, being a member of this sandwich generation between Gen X and Millennials to have these decorations. I spent many, many, many hours of my youth playing Super Mario Brothers. So this, I, I have a feeling that if I can get my way down that pipe, I'm going to end up in the baptistry at some point through there. So, um, But as Grady said, my name is Jeff Moody. I'm one of the elders here, and we have the opportunity as elders to come and to preach on occasion uh, when uh, either it's needed or when there are texts that we know that God has put on our hearts that become very places we turn to often. This is one of those texts for me, so I volunteered for this. Um, and in volunteering for that, I also recognize that uh, that's, this is, whenever I preach, it's often the work that God wants to do in my heart uh, as much as anybody else's who's hearing me. So uh, thank you guys uh, for the opportunity. And I'd like to start with a question today. Do you know that God cares for you? And I'm not talking about purely mental knowledge. I'm talking about knowing in the sense that despite whatever is going on around you, you can say with assurance that God cares for you. This is a knowledge that defies circumstances and stays resilient no matter what life throws at you. It's a knowledge that extends beyond the answer we can give and not believe. And like me, if you're like me, we found that we're, I'm really, I've found that I'm really good at filling in the blanks of the Christian life without truly recognizing what it might mean. As we've been moving through the end of 1 Peter, we've been reminded that this letter was written to a people that were suffering. They were displaced and persecuted, knowing well that this life has a lot of pain. They were in the thick of it. And though our suffering today is different, two truths remain that we've seen play out as we've worked our way through this text over the last several months. First, we will continue to experience suffering in this world. It is a reality that we face. And two, God uses suffering for his glory and our good. The faith that Peter talks about and that defined the New Testament Christians is a faith that stands resilient no matter what happens. I want this kind of faith. I know God wants this kind of faith in me, but there often seems to be a big gap between the kind of faith that I have and that kind of faith. And some of you came in today barely holding on. And some of you came in today convinced that you were okay, even though you can't quiet the voice that keeps you up at night. Some of you feel under constant threat by the enemy, by the culture, by members of your family or those close to you. And you think we are on the knife's edge of falling into the abyss. And we all have a message to hear from First Peter today because we all face suffering of some type. So we're going to start with the recognition that life is a struggle. In fact, you'll discover that if you feel like you have nothing left, you are a lot closer to God's grace 
than those of us who are keep trying to fill in that space. Suffering opens our eyes to just how much we might be holding on to the things of this world. We find that they are not resilient enough that in the crash of these idols, God calls us to look to him and receive his mercy. I want to share with you something today that we all know to be true, but we have a hard time accepting something that is revealed when life goes sideways, and that is that the under, number one barrier to our satisfaction in God, the number one barrier to understanding and believing and feeling God's comfort is our own pride. The passage tells us that we stand in our way of experiencing God's comfort. These are the closing words of Peter's letter, and Peter, as Grady mentioned last week, emphasizes our need for humility. The result of this process is a resilient comfort in God, but it comes at the cost of laying down our pride and the things that separate us from him. There are four phrases in the passage that we're going to unpack today, but I want to approach it a little bit differently. I want to start at the end with the discussion of God's care and then work backwards to see where things go wrong for us. Then we will work back through the text to see where they go right. So our text for today is 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. If you would stand for the reading of God's word. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Would you pray with me? Father, open our eyes and open our hearts that we may see you in your wonderful glory and care and help us lay down those things that keep us from you. Amen. So I want to start with that last phrase, because he cares for you. And this, I like this thought. It's a nice sentiment. It goes well on coffee mugs and T-shirts and generally makes us feel better. But I wonder if we think about it in a moment of suffering. In other words, in the midst of deep struggle, does this statement still resonate? Do you believe it even when you struggle? And this is the difference, I think, between knowledge, knowing something, and faith that comes with belief. Plenty of people can know this to be true, but knowing and believing are two different things. One of the best pictures of God's care is in Romans 5, 8. I think we have that. There it is. But God shows his love for us in this, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Here's the resounding truth of the gospel for all of us. Whatever we might think of God today, it is simply untrue that he does not care. He cares enough for us to, uh, cares for us enough to come and die. If this truth does not grip me in the same way that it did when I first came to faith, It's not that the truth has become more familiar. It's because I've grown cold. I can know this truth, and I can explain how salvation works mentally, but there are places where it still does not make it all the way down to my heart. This is the point, I think, that Paul makes to the Corinthian believers. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge, but this knowledge puffs up. But love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. 
The specific context of this passage is an ongoing debate about freedom and conscience. But I want to point to the core that Paul expresses here. Note the distinction that he makes between knowledge and love. Love includes being known by God. Knowledge in that deeper way that we've been discussing that connects to your heart. Just mental knowledge won't carry the weight of God's comfort. This is the same distinction, this difference between knowing and being known that Jesus makes in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And Jesus says, these people do the will of my Father in heaven. Those will be the people that come come into the kingdom. And then we see all these things that we would normally associate with doing with God's will. And Jesus says to those people, I never knew you. What's the difference between them? Some people are known by God and the others know in a purely mental sense. God in the sense that they're willing to work for him. But true love of God includes true knowing of him. We don't want to hear Jesus say, I never knew you, even as we list out all of the things we've done for him. You will see the resilience of your faith in the Lord as you go go through testing in this life. If your faith won't stand up, then you don't have true faith. You have head knowledge. But this is not faith in being known by God. This is the key distinction between knowledge and belief. Belief comes from the faith that God knows me, that he cares for me. Mere knowledge can't carry that weight. And while we can certainly talk about these passages as a difference between Christians and non-Christians, I also know that this is a continual struggle for believers as we walk through this life. Do we reach out to the faith that comes from being known? Being known connects to the deeper connection of faith that stands resilient. Where I believe that God cares for me, even when everything in the world tells me that he doesn't. And this has been my own personal struggle with doubt. Like I am an analytical thinker, and I've never really had a problem with the logic of God's overall control of the universe. I understand how 